This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hello and welcome to the program, UFO Warning. In this episode, we're talking about the Douay Ponte alien abduction. That's correct, the Douay Ponte alien abduction. Now, this is a rather disturbing case. I first covered it on the podcast about five years ago, but I think it deserves a second look. And the case happened down in this Douay Ponte region of South America, actually in southeastern Brazil, still though very deep in the interior of that country. This is 1962. It's described as a heavily rural area. Even today, I think the population and the nearest towns around a couple thousand, maybe 2,500. So you can imagine in 1962 how uh, far off the beaten track this place must have been. Now, the first article that we're looking at comes from a website called strangeststrangeststrange.com. Title says, What Happened in the Dewey Ponte Incident? And the date on the article is May 20th, 22. It's got a little picture of a shack that kind of, I suppose, similar to what these folks lived in, and it's got this simulation of a of a uh, of a uh, dust swirl or a dust devil, I guess you would call it. That's an intricate part of this story. It says the Dewey Ponte incident. Raimundo Adula Mafra, twelve years old orphan by his mother, helped his father his father Rivalino Mafra da Silva in his hunting and mining activities and assisted two of his four younger brothers. So th- this was a dad and three young boys. Uh, the moms passed away. They're, living, they're just subsistent living. They're trying to grow a little food. The dad, I think, was trying to mine for diamonds or possibly gold. Uh, I'm not even sure if you could call it just getting by. I'm not sure they're getting by because they live in this uh, basically just a little shack they're out there by themselves, trying to scratch out a living. It says, located in Dupontes district of Dia Mantina, state of Minas Gerais, Brazil, the Mafra's family resident was an utterly isolated hovel. Dozens of times, the boy repeated his story to Lieutenant Wilson Lisboa, the municipal police chief. The judge, doctors, priests, journalists, and countless other people who were, were impressed despite rejecting Ramunda's version of with his coherence and calm conviction. So they had this boy telling this really strange UFO abduction story that no one could really, they just couldn't believe it. But the kid was so calm, they couldn't believe that he didn't believe it. It says he claimed that his father, Rivilano, had disappeared before his eyes, surrounded by a whirlwind of yellow dust raised by two small objects posted at his, ho- at his house's door. So the UFO had come in the form of these two small, I don't know, like soccer ball-sized spheres that were swirling around outside of the door. And when the father went to investigate, that's when he disappeared. It says, And he wept softly, convinced that his father would never return. Soon his father's disappearance, soon after his father's disappearance, Ramundo looked for traces of him in the neighborhood and called a friend, Joy Madalena de Miranda, an employee of a distant factory. So somehow this kid, as soon as his father disappeared, 
He starts looking around the neighborhood for his dad because, I mean, he literally just, just, just like blinked out of existence in front of his eyes. He's trying to find his dad. He finally gets a hold of somebody at a distant factory, a friend of his, to come help him look. It says, when his friend arrived, he noticed that it appeared that the ground was carefully swept in an area measuring 5 meters, so about 15, 16 feet. The searches began on the same day and continued for a long time. Trained dogs did not find any trace of Rivolino. The seventh party, the search, excuse me, the search party saw close flights of birds as a possible clue to the location of Rivolino's body. Canon Jose Avila Garcia, even not believing the voice version, revealed that in the week before Rivolino's disappearance, an employee of the Postal and Telegraph Department, Antonio Rocha, saw two fireballs flying in circles. So the kids told him that after this, they'd spent this strange night being visited by uh, some sort of alien entity. That morning, they, they, him and his dad are awake all night. That morning, his dad goes out, and here's these two spheres traveling in a circle with each other. Uh, we'll get into just how that happened, but they basically abduct his dad. Now, no one can believe the kid's story, but this investigator knows that a postal employee reported a very similar UFO phenomenon of two strange fireballs uh, circling about each other. So he, he's starting to think that there's something going on here. He says, The UAPs passed at high speed and low altitude, exactly over Due Pontos, where Rivellino lived. So it's like these things have been stalking maybe a couple weeks before. Mr. Antonio Rocha confirmed his testimony to the press. So the investigator knows it happened. This other eyewitness says, hey, I saw two UFOs similar to what this kid's describing over this man's house just like a week or two before he was abducted. After a clinical examination carried out in Ramundo, the doctor, Dr. Yohei Atunes de Olivier, revealed that he had discovered nothing abnormal other than the state of malnutrition. So in other words, he doesn't find any mental illness in the kid. The kid seems normal. He's coherent. He's talking. But he's... He's, he's in a state of malnutrition. He hasn't been eating right. The boys seem to be in good mental condition. On the initiative of the juvenile court, Raimundo was taken to Belo Horizonte by Commissioner de Antonio da Cruz. There he repeated the story with the exact details, including to the Siacone's investigators. Siacone Civil Investigation Center for Unidentified Aerial Object. So not only was this kid... Uh, interrogated by the authorities, he also told his uh, story to a, a, a group of investigators, I suppose something like our version of MUFON. It says, the Siacone investigation of the Dewey Pontes incident. On August 30th, 1962, Ramundo Ali Mafra gave his testimony to the O. Siacone. Around 8 p.m. on August 19th of this year, so it had been 11 days before they talked to him, Ramunda says that he was with his father, Rivolani Mafra de Silva, in a room in the house where two of his four younger brothers slept. So you can imagine they're in this remote rural area. I think it's kind of hilly, maybe some low-lying mountains around there. They're living in this shack, basically. No running water, no electricity, nothing like that. There's this little shack. They got the horse attached next door to them in like a lean-to or something. They're in this little shack. It's got a couple different rooms in it, and there's one room, if you can call it that, where the boys sleep at. It says they were gathered around uh, a little fire they had built there on the dirt floor. It says he and his father were around a small fire next to a door that connects to the kitchen. 
So here they are in this little shack with the, all the three boys and the dad sitting around this little fire they built in the middle of their dirt floor and that, inside that little shack. At one point, his, father attention, his father's attention was drawn to a dark and an indefinable shadow which was gliding silently through the kitchen in the direction of another room. So this is before the abduction. Dad, the three boys are sitting around this little dark room with this little small fire going on the dirt floor, and they notice this almost like a shadow person, a shadow entity, gliding across the room, the next room over. The silhouette had four legs. The boy described it had some resemblance to a man on all fours. It's almost like this thing was crawling across the room. The boy described some protrusion in that shadow that turned towards the bedroom. Something strange about it was sticking off the side of it. Ramundo and his father had the impression that they were observed. I can imagine they did. Then, Mr. Rivolano followed the shadow, but did not see anything. So, Dad goes to investigate, but he can't see anything. The boy admits that fear could have prevented his father from searching the rest of the dark hut, but he assures that the inner bolts of, but he assures that the inner bolts of the only two doors, one in the kitchen and the other in the living room, were closed. So, in other words... He feels like they've been safely locked inside this little shack. Nobody could have come in that thing without breaking the bolt open. So there must have been some concern about their security. But the dad goes out trying to find this shadow thing, this shadow being. He can't find anything. Mr. Rivellano and Ramundo were unable to sleep. So there you can see. Dad and the three boys sitting in this room around this little fire. The dad and the older son, it sounds like, were the only ones awake. And they were so frightened by this thing, he could naturally that they couldn't sleep. I mean, somehow this shadow thing, this shadow person, shadow entity, whatever this thing was, that slipped through these two lock, one of these two locked doors. It says, he also heard a noise similar... Oh, it says, at one point they were both... At one point they both heard human voices, thick and slurred, citing the name of Mr. Revol Mr. Rivellino and saying that they were going to kill him as soon as he left home. Now things are getting really weird. They've seen this shadow entity come in their house somehow through this locked door, and now they're hearing human voices. Not alien voices, human voices. Thick and slurred, it says. Maybe they were trying to... It was almost like some kind of AI program trying to speak in a language that these folks could understand. But the message is what's important. It says that they were saying that they were going to kill him, the dad, as soon as he left home. They were really trying to terrorize this man, and they were doing a pretty good job of it. It says they also heard a noise similar to an alarm clock coming from outside the house. The prospector and his son went through a sleepless night. At 6 a.m. Monday, August 20th, Ramundo prepared to leave the house and fetch his father's mount from the adjacent yard. So they got through the night. Maybe he's thinking, well, it was some kind of a nightmare. He's going to go outside and get his dad's horse untimed from the adjacent little shack next to the house or the yard or whatever. He says, when opening the kitchen door, which opened onto the yard, he found two small, strange objects lying on the ground a few meters away from the house. So, 10, 12 feet from the house, he sees these two strange objects, like spheres or some, some sort of spherical type shape, laying on the ground. Differing in color... They were identical in shape and size. Both were oval and measured between 40 and 50 centimeters in diameter. So it almost sounds like they were football shaped. It says they were oval. 50 
centimeters in diameter, what's that, like a foot and a half across? It says the existence of a small appendage at one end of each object, combined with their shape, remind Ramundo of armadillos. So he says they, they must have been about the size of an armadillo, with, and he's thinking of the armadillos with a tail sticking out. These appendages had the size. These appendages had the size of a finger. It was tubular, according to the boys' descriptions. It projected from the back parts of the objects like tails. They were slightly suspended from the ground. The moment Ramundo noticed them, these appendages pointed to the duo. So, in other words, these things were some sort of sensors. As soon as the boy noticed these objects, these appendages that were attached to the end, they pointed toward him. Then, Mr. Rivolano arrived at the door, answering his son's call. The tubes pointed in the opposite direction, indicating that the objects indicating that the objects would have overturned. So, just being uh, observed by the dad and son, is, is, we're seeing an immediate uh, effect on the behavior of these two objects. The boy sees these objects, obviously scared, calls out to his dad, his dad runs over to the door, and then these things somehow flip over. One of the objects was entirely black matte. The other had equal black and white stripes. Ramundo made the description patiently with the help of a composite sketch. You can see this. You can actually see the sketches of these. I'll, I'll try to post um, some links to these websites over at the Buy Me a Coffee site. It says, Mr. Rivolino, as soon as he noticed the two objects placed side by side, one meter from the other, marveled at the phrase, what is that? So apparently that's what he said to the kid was, what is that? What? <clears throat> and then it goes on here, and it gives us a little bit of a, of a rundown. It says, he recommended to his son not to go out the door. So he's a good dad. He's trying to protect his kid. He's saying, hey, get back from that door. Still holding the small knife and tobacco for his straw cigarette, Mr. Rivolino slowly approached the objects, telling his son that he that he did not seem to show fear. So I don't know if he's having some kind of conversation with his kid here or what, what's been lost in the translation. But we see the dad walking from the door toward these objects. He'd gotten up in the morning, apparently was going to have his morning cigarette, and he's got the He's got the straw cigarette in one hand and the knife in the other, it sounds like. At Mr. Rivolino's approach, the two UAP joined laterally with a dull sound and began to spun to spin together quickly and soon raising a whirlwind of yellow dust which enveloped Ramundo without reaching his son. So as soon as the dad gets out the door, these things pounce on him. They're swirling around him. They're kicking up this dust cloud that's completely obfuscating the view that the kid has of the dad. He declared that in addition to the dull noise during the impact of the objects, the only noise he heard was the hum from the dust devil. So these things have come together. He hears them collide. They begin spinning around, throwing up this dust, which completely keeps him from being able to see his dad. And not only can he see the dust, but says he can hear the dust. He hears the hum from the from the dust devil. Ramundo lost sight of the objects and his father, who did not reappear when all when all settled. So you have his dad stepping out of the house. These two uh, football-sized UFOs clank together. They begin spinning around, creating this humming sound as dust fills the air, to the point where he can't even see his dad, and then it stops. The dust settles, the UFO's gone, so is his dad. 
It says, what happened in the Duas Ponte incident? The conclusion says, the newspaper Estrella Polar on March 10, 1963 states that five hunters found Rivianlino's Mafra de Silva's remains very close to his hovel in a place of difficult access. Now that's, you know, August to the next year in March. So what's that, like five months later they find the body? This reminds me a lot of these <clears throat> accounts that David Pilates talks about where they have these huge search parties go in. Nobody can find a body <clears throat> or a person or a sign of anything. And then six months or six years later, they find the remains of this missing person. It says, six months after vanishing, the Rivolino's bones were identified by a belt. According to the local police, the case was closed and Rivolino tried to run away or was a victim of kidnap. Well, that sounds a little strange because this kid, tell, well, I guess you could say that, yes, he was a victim, a kidnapping victim. In, in, in the truest sense, he was a kidnapping victim of some sort of alien entity. So this is what happened in the Dewey Pontes incident, and then it just gives us some, some sources here. Now, I want to go on to this next uh, article that talks about it, and they get a little further into it. This is just uh, such a strange case. This one says, this is from uh, BrazilianUFOArchives.com. It says, the Dewey Ponte case, UFO sighting and a fatal abduction in Diamant and Diamantina. It says, in August 1962, the report of a poor, illiterate, and shy boy caused a huge stir in the city of Diamantina with repercussions throughout the state of Mina Gara and beyond its limits. And then it says, uh, Raimundo Ali Mafra, 12-year-old motherless, helped helped their father, Riva Mafra de Silva, with his hunting and mining activities, also taking care of his two younger brothers. And then it talks about where it's located at, uh, the people that were involved in the uh, uh, investigation of this. It says... He claimed that Riviana, his father, had disappeared before his eyes, surrounded by a swirl of yellow dust raised by two small objects posted at the door of the hovel, and he wept softly, convinced that his father would never return. Well, this kid certainly uh, had that right, because like we said, six months later, his body was found. Soon after his father's disappearance, Romundo looked for traces of himself in the neighborhood and went to call Mr. Yoho Madalena de Miranda, employee of a distant factory, when his father arrived, when his friend rather arrived at the place of the disappearance, a clearing of dirt he noticed what he seemed to have been carefully swept in an area whose radius measured 15 feet. So that's where the father would have probably, I suppose, disappeared. And when this thing abducted him, it just left behind a completely uh, clean swept area where these two. UFOs that combined and began spinning so fast together. It says the searches already under the direction of the dementia police began on the same day and would continue for a long time. So, you know, the body was found close to where the house was at, even though it was in an inaccessible area. They des they described. Surely, you know, they brought in police. They brought in they brought in tracking dogs and everything else. Surely, they would have conducted the most thorough part of that search near the house. So why that body shows up six months later, we don't know. It says the military police trained dogs arrived from Belo Horizonte but found no trace of the gold miner. The, so it says here he was a gold miner. The flights of the birds of prey were closely monitored as a possible clue to the location of Riviano's body. So they were looking for vultures in case, you know, uh, some, some sort of uh, uh, 
of carrion feeders were, were down there looking for this guy's body. And they didn't find any of that. It says, Mr. Jose Alvi Garcia, the vicar of Desmontinia, despite not believing in the boy's version, revealed that in the week prior to the disappearance of Rivellino, an employee of the Post and Telegraph Department, Mr. Antonio Rocha, spotted two fireballs flying in circles at great speed and low altitude, exactly over the location of Dewey Pontes, where the gold miner resided. Mr. Antonio Rocha confirmed this communication to the Dario de Minas reporter. So we have an independent, we have an independent confirmation of this UFO sighting before the abduction. That's what makes it so strange. And then it says, after a clinical examination of the boy, Raimundo, the doctor de Joa Antonio de Olivier revealed that he had discovered nothing unusual, just a state of malnutrition. The boy appeared to be in good mental condition. Wow. And then just kind of goes on here. It says, Raimundo says that around 8 p.m. on August 1st of that year, 1962, he met his father, Rivellino, in a room in the residence where the two of his younger brothers slept. And it goes on and just repeats the same story, how this strange shadow entity came into the house. His dad looks around, he can't find it. And then while they're sitting there on this little fire in this tiny little shack, they can hear voices talking about how they're going to kill Mr. Rivellino when he comes out of the house the next morning. This whole, this whole abduction story is just such a... A dark and disturbing tale to me. It's you see a lot of the normal uh, UFO stuff that we see in these kind of sightings. You've got this uh, oblong, almost spherical shaped object. Uh, you have these things uh, traveling in this fast, warring pattern. We have the abduction, but in this case, the abducted person never comes back. What we find are his remains, and it seems like it seems so strange to me that. You combine that UFO sighting with this shadow entity that actually entered into the room, obviously in an attempt to terrorize these people. Combine that further with these human voices that they overheard where they were talking about uh, killing this poor uh, subsistence you know, miner slash farmer. It's almost as if they were hunting this guy down like some sort of serial killer. They were feeding off his energy of this fear. This guy goes outside to really try to protect his son, I think. And in the middle of his trying to be a good dad and protect his kids, he ends up he ends up abducted by this thing, almost sacrificed. And these are the kind of cases I think deserve so much more attention and investigation. Instead, what we're being told to look out for is UFOs that are interfering with our military uh, interfering, you know, with our national security. But the real threat to me is not so much on a on a national security level. The real threat seems to be in these cases where you have the cattle mutilations, where you have these missing people, or where you have this poor man like this Mr. Rivellini who was abducted right in front of his kid, and then his body's not recovered for six months, and it just happens to be a few yards from the house that they live in. All of it unexplained. All of it just kind of swept under the rug. And all of it just kind of ignored. Until next time, this is UFO Warning. Over and out.